Hello Mzanzi and welcome to episode 162 of Farmers Inside Track. I'm your host Dawn Umdu. Ole Lecheto switched careers from auditing to cattle farming. He says that the land kept calling and he heeded the call. In today's episode, this Northwest farmer admits that farming in today's climate is not easy, but he pushes through despite the adversities and advocates that young South Africans see the potential to enter the sector. Ole, I'm going to start with a quirky question. Are you a two-toned and Faltzkuna or skinny jeans farmer? Actually, both. <laughs> you do both. <laughs> yeah, I do both. But more into two-tone. Two-tone. It's a bit comfortable, yeah. Do you do the super short shorts like the farmers are doing it these days? Yes. Because uh, where I come from, it's very hot. We it? get like 40 degrees, 39 degrees. So the short helps a lot with the heat. Okay, so it's a practical thing. Tell us about your farming business. You studied auditing, but you're a farmer. I don't picture you doing anything else. Where did the change happen? Originally, I grew up from a farming family. My grandfather was a farmer. So that's why I learned everything from him. And then when I went to study internal auditing, I always knew that I'm always going to come back. So I farm with Bonsmara. I farm with Red Brahman. I farm with mixed cattle. I also plant lucerne and I do vegetables. I know it's auditing and farming. It's two different things, but the land always kept calling me. And I finally decided to hit the call and went back. I think it's so amazing because a lot of farmers share your sentiment where they'll say, my heart always belonged to the land and I just went back to it. Do you think that it's difficult to farm in today's time, looking at all the challenges, or do you see it as a push to kind of persevere and be kind of change agents, especially as a black farmer in this country? It's difficult. It's not easy. I'm going to make you one example. Previously, farmers, when they were farming, they could plan properly, especially farmers that plant, they could plan properly. Nowadays, we can't plan properly because of this climate change. You never know. The rain patterns have changed. You would plan based on this only to find out you're going to have more rain. Even as I'm speaking to you right now, some of the farmers have not harvested their millies and all that. So it's a bit difficult to farm these days. And as black farmers, farming is very capital intense. We need a lot of capital of which we are not getting. We are not getting assistance. So it's difficult. Maybe just to talk about financing, the minister in her address at the Farmers in Daba spoke about patient financing. We should restructure the way institutions are financing, especially black farmers. What do you think is the change that needs to happen? You would find the Department of Agriculture or the Department of Rural Development. They've got this program that they offer their farmers, farm support. I think they call it recapitalization. You'd find one farmer is being funded three, four, five times. And you get a farmer who has not been funded, not even once. So this repetition of funding to one farmer, I think they need to change that. Yes, we have to be patient because farming is a business of patience. But how will you be patient when one person, it's only a group of people that are keep on getting the same funding every year. You spoke about climate change. Is the way you farm different to the way your father farmed? And are you thinking around more sustainable practices as you do your farming operations? And what do you think the farming future actually looks like in five to ten years? I am definitely farming differently from the way my father used to farm because for them, they were just farming for passion. I'm farming for business because it's my only source of income. And the planning around it. I think in future, let's bring technology into farming. Let's integrate them because things have evolved, things have changed. So let's bring technology into farming. That's, that's how I'm going forward and planning my farming.
That's definitely true. I think so many of the conversations that I've had with farmers is that it's no longer just about the normal conventional farming practice. You guys use apps. You know, mechanization is key for growth. Do you agree that that's the only way to go forward? Yeah, that's the only way. Because like I said, in the olden days, it, there was no technology. It was slower. You could not plan properly. Like now, if we bring technology into it, especially with mechanization, I mean, you can just take a planter and you just program it. It will plant for you. It will do whatever. Or the tractor and so on. So it's very important. As a Bonsmara breeder, what is the best part for you? And why did you choose this breed? Bonsmara, I know it's a bit controversial. It's one of the best breeds in the country because of its mothering ability, adaptability. It can withstand the harshest conditions, especially where I come from. In winter, it's very extremely cold. In summer, it's extremely hot. A Bonsmara is one of those best kettles that can withstand those two seasons. You've also obviously had some adversities or difficulties now with foot and mouth disease. How are you guys navigating that? It was difficult because remember, besides me just farming on the farm for breeding purposes, I also exchange at auctions. We buy and sell. We also service the black market. So for that three weeks, I could not service my clients. So it had a very, very bad negative impact on my cash flow. We just had to be patient. Luckily, there was a time, that time, there was a small field of land that I had planted. So I was harvesting that millies. And then it was time just to buy and sell. Sometimes we would buy and sell millies. Also, I do sheep. I was also surviving with the birth of my sheep. But it had a very, very negative impact on us. Even now, we are suffering it. And we're still going to suffer for the next two months. I spoke to the minister who said that there was appointed, obviously, the ministerial task team on biosecurity in September 2021. Farmers say that it's been very hush-hush. But the minister says that through the task team, they've now been able to sort of implement proper strategies. Do you agree that it's working and that you've seen a turnaround or is there so much more that needs to be done? It's definitely working, especially at auction houses in terms of biosecurities. Remember, that's where the disease spreads. So even in terms of conscientizing farmers to practice biosecurity in their own farms, it has worked. And in that three weeks where there was a ban, farmers, most of the farmers were not moving cattle because I think they were adhering to those biosecurities. So it has worked. Why do you think, you know, fostering agricultural heritage is key for growth in the sector? As a black man, farming is our heritage. It's part of our heritage because in the olden days, animal skins were used as clothes. It's part of our heritage. It's important. It's also important that we incorporate them together. And also speaking of the heritage and the youth, I think one of the things that we are missing as people when we say we want to promote farming amongst the youth, I think our schools need to have farming as a syllabus in their schools from a very young age to teach our kids that learn to produce your own food. As they grow, they get into high school, they learn now that farming is actually a business. They can make a living out of it. So let's bring our youth into this farming and also promote it as part of our heritage. Just one or two tips for new farmers or newly commercialized farmers in the sector. My tip for upcoming farmers, people that are aspiring to be farmers is Start now. Do not wait for funding. Do not wait for government or anything. Start now. If you've got an idea, you've got a dream, start it now. Never be scared to fail because you will never know your full potential if you've never started or tried. And then tips for farming with uh, livestock, specifically Bonsmara? Keep your records. 
Be very strict on your biosecurity. Do not let anybody or anything that goes into your farm. If you bring new animals into your farm, isolate them at least for 30 days, 50 or 100 meters camp away from your original herd. Be strict on biosecurity. Thank you so much for joining us here on Farmers Inside Track. Our hashtag soil sister, Mararancheni Mampane's agricultural journey started in 1991 when she was sent to an agricultural high school. Although it felt like she was being thrown into the deep end, this was a start to her fruitful career in the sector. I'm based in Pretoria North and I'm an environmentalist. I love nature, I love the outdoors. My love and exposure into agriculture started way back in 1991 when my parents sent me to an agricultural high school called Harry Oppenheimer Agricultural High School between Polokwane and Botkhetas Rest. I got the exposure of being in a farm, working, you know, studying agriculture and then having a practical agriculture out there in the farm. Little did I know that this would be my much-loved career. So when I went there, I thought, oh, my parents are just throwing me into this farm school. But today, here I am, I love it. I'm an agricultural graduate. So I've got an undergraduate and postgraduate in agriculture. And now I'm also doing my master's in agriculture. However, the environment came on the side because my role, I worked for the departments, the provincial department and the national departments of agriculture for 14 years between 2001 and 2014. And my role there was to do land use planning and do soil analysis. And I was also a natural resource auditor. So I was in the agriculture, but not in the crop and animal. I was in the natural resources, whereby before farmers can do actual farming, actual livestock rearing, they need to look at this environmental side of compliance in agriculture. Her mother, who she says is a conservationist of note, has been her biggest driver to keep pushing despite the challenges that she's faced in the agricultural industry. I am an optimistic person most of the time. I'm that kind of a person. That's why I even went for business that is not very popular. It's not a lot of people that does what I do. But my mother, she is my big cheerleader because she's been an entrepreneur and a conservationist of note from a long time ago. When I look at her, she's almost 70, but she's still working. She still loves what she does. And she likes using this phrase, nothing goes to waste. Everything that you do in farming, you need to make sure that you are farming in a sustainable way. So she keeps me motivated. My love for this field tells me to wake up and be motivated. Thank you so much for joining us here on Farmers Inside Track, Manan Jenny. Now, once a week, we meet the amazing woman selected for the Koteva Woman Agripreneur 2022 program. This is, of course, a year-long blended development program at the Gordon Institute of Business Science Entrepreneurship Development Academy. And that's a wrap from me, Do Numdu, our producer, Megan van der Vent, and the rest of the Food for Mzanzi team have an absolutely amazing week. Bye for now. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans, though, right? We're inspiring, and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food for Mzanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes 
who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story.